This is Wyman and Bob on Seattle Sports Station. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Streaming live on the Seattle Sports app and at seattlesports.com. Now, here are your hosts, Dave Wyman and Bob Stelton. We got mean text coming up at 545 today, so still some time for you to get creative at 866-979-3776. Powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. Again, our only requirement is that you be creative. That's all. We'll take the rest from there. Uh, Lefko will sift through the best that come in throughout the week, come in throughout today's show, and unveil your your anger, your meanness, your 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 hurtfulness. Really, it seems like everything's kind of going a little bit directed at Lefko. You think you know? so? Yeah, people are like, "What is Lefko? What's bugging Lefko?" It's Tony Romo. He's texting in. Yeah, there's lots of people. <laughs> Tony Romo's texting. It's all those people that didn't know anything about broadcasting that took issue. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my favorite answers uh, ever from Lefko in his two years, two full years here. <laughs> it was a You're very getting criticized. Well, these people that don't know anything about broadcasting. Yeah, by people that don't know. <laughs> it was a. It was a very. Le- it was perfect. It was a perfect Lefko yes, it response. Was. It was. <laughs> they don't count. They don't matter because they don't know what they're talking about. So there you go. Uh, meanwhile, <laughs> the no nothings, right, Mike? Yeah, they don't count don't, as complaints. Don't listen to the no nothings. Yeah, yeah, they don't count as complaints because they don't know what they're talking as about. As you're saying all this to try to boost more mean text my way, I <laughs> no, get that. that I just sense. thought it was what? a fit. it was a classic Lefko response. It really was. It was <laughs> any mean text you direct at Mike Lefko, he's going to argue with you. <laughs> all right, so get ready. Tell you why it wasn't very accurate. Uh, meanwhile, we we were taking a look at the Mariners lineup as it, through the eyes of uh, some national people out there looking at and we saw this article and first of all there just seems to be a general sense of optimism around this Mariners lineup going into this season now they're already a good team there's that's not going out on a limb to say hey the Mariners are a good team they've won 90 games in back-to-back seasons so and they've they've added some pieces you hope will rebound and and add certainly in Teoscar Hernandez who doesn't need a rebound just continue with what he's been Mm -hmm. Uh, but in Colton Wong and AJ Pollock Hopefully these guys bounce back, coming off rough seasons for different reasons, and and they add, and then obviously everybody else gets better. That's the hope. And I think keeping that in mind, you, you see lists like the one that came out from ESPN, which they I, I think it's the perfect headline for it, Dave, the perfect title for the article, because here we are in January. Um, moves are still being made. Rosters are not even close to being set at this point, but they call it the way too early 2023 MLB lineup rankings. Yeah. So this is they acknowledge it's not too early. Yeah, but we're getting a, we're getting a, a lot of enjoyment out of this. Well, it's it's interesting just to get perspective from the outside, yeah. and you know, so uh, on this list again, this is all lineups, not just National League or American League. It's all of them. They've got San Diego is the number one number one lineup, and keep in mind they've got Juan Soto and Manny Machado, and they they brought in Nelson Cruz, and at some point they'll get uh, they'll get Tatis back in there, and and all of that, but. Um, who else did they pick up? Didn't they pick up another big name? Yeah. I thought there was I another there was, big signing that they came up with. It was a familiar name. Oh, Xander yeah. Bogarts. How can I forget that? Jeez. Uh, yeah. 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 Just that little move just they made with Xander one. Bogarts. My bad. Jeez. All right. So they've got them at number one. Cardinals, they have at number two, which is obviously a very good lineup. Number three, they've got the Atlanta Braves. Number four, the Houston Astros. They don't really count. Much like Lefko talks about those that criticize them because they don't know broadcasting. These guys are cheaters, so I don't really count. They're number four. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number five, the Toronto Blue Jays, which is a, again, I said this earlier, I thought they'd be maybe a little bit higher because they are loaded, I mean, with Springer and Bichette and Guerrero Jr. and Kirk. I mean, that's 
there's a lot of there's a lot of problems in that lineup. And Brandon Belt, they bring in the guy that that uh, John Morosi was hoping the Mariners would go after. Remember going up there that uh, I think that first series, looking at their offensive numbers. I mean, at that point, and I think it was somewhere around the mid midway. Yeah, it was like they were just head and shoulders above yeah. the Mariners. Yeah, they, that's a that's a loaded lineup. So yeah. they've got them at five. Number six, they've got the L.A. Dodgers, and then number seven. Here sits our beloved Seattle Mariners is in their their way too early 2023 baseball lineup rankings. So and this is how they have the lineup set. They've got Julio followed by Ty France, uh, Suarez, Gino Suarez, Teoscar Hernandez in the cleanup spot, Colton Wong in the five spot, Cal Raleigh, J.P. Crawford, A.J. Pollock and Jared Kelnick. Looks good. If if and you're looking at that, going okay, yeah, Julio, you expect to be better. You, ex- you expect a 22 year old to take that next step. And Ty France, dealing with injuries last year, certainly expect him to get back to who Ty France has been. Suarez, he's got the pop. Probably still going to strike out a whole bunch. It's what he does. But he's in that three spot. Teoscar is a guy, power guy who can drive in runs in your four spot. Colton Wong hopefully bounces back uh, defensively more so. Um, to me, the key to their lineup is the bottom of the order. If if they are going to run, and I would love to see Julio as your as your three hitter, I'd love for them to get a a just a solid leadoff hitter and and move Julio out of that spot. Not because he's not good there, certainly. I just want him to be in a position to do damage, come up with guys on base. And unless the guys at the bottom of the order are getting on base, which that's been problematic for him, he's going to be coming up with the bases empty a lot. Yeah, which I mean, means they can pitch around him. Uh, you know, he's not going to get a lot to work with if nobody's on base. And uh, yeah, I would just, I would, if, if Kelnick and Pollock, if this is how the lineup is set and they can get it going, then that's great. But if, if, if the bottom of your lineup struggles the way that it has having Julio in the leadoff spot for me, you're, you're wasting his production because the guys just aren't on base when he comes up. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah, because he's following that part. Because, you know, the the first leadoff, you know, after that, then it yeah. all is a big mismatch and mishmash. So. And you look at his OPS plus number, it's 147. So, yeah, you would like, you said, like to see him do some, some damage there. But uh, I think it's interesting to, to look at this list and how they came up with that, considering, you know... Um, you know, first of all, we're talking about the the, the top ten list um, uh, that they had Colton Wong on that list. You know, at playing second base, but mm-hmm. they have him in the the fifth hole there, and maybe, you know, maybe things turn around for him, especially against lefties, or you know, maybe they just platoon him and that's more. not going to do it. Yeah. So anyway, I, I, who are you most excited to see? And because it's interesting to me that they, they have brought this, over or just period, just just period. Like, well, Julio. Really? Yeah. I I'm, just, I'm I, most interested to see Jared Kelnick. That yeah. that to me is, I mean, and when you hear things from the coaches, you know, and now I'll say this, we did hear that from Scott Service a few years ago when they got Jared Kelnick. Best workout I've ever seen. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. You know, just went on and on about it. You know, we heard that about Evan White. And we heard to some extent that about Jared Kelnick, mm-hmm. and so yeah, it'll be it'll be uh, it'll be really interesting to to watch him. I mean, I kind of know what Julio's going to do. Well, I mean, we, this kid's we great. don't though. We don't know how. What's his ceiling? Yeah. I, I'm fascinated to see how good does he become. How how much? I certainly don't worry about him. No, not worried. <laughs> I'm. The, but you you asked who am I most excited to see? I'm excited to see he's got a, his first full season under his belt. 
obviously established himself as a superstar in this league. They they reward him with a you know a twelve year contract. Uh, he's the face of the team without question, and it's not even close. I, I'm very very excited to see how big of a step he takes because you know he was he was feeling his way through it, especially at the beginning of the year, and he wasn't getting the respect from the guy behind the plate and things like that. And you know now all of that fast forward, he's achieved everything he did, rookie of the year, and. What is he going to look like now? How 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 much further does he go? Does he become a Griffey like player, an A Rod like player, one of those guys that's just different? That's just yeah, everybody's good, but this is a different kind of guy. So most curious about I, I'm with you, Kelnick. I'm curious. I'm just I don't know what to expect. I'm, yeah. I'm very curious, excited. I, I think it's exciting, it's Bob. <laughs> He's very excited. He's exciting. <laughs> I think the other thing, to, uh, another one, JP. Yeah. How about J.P. Crawford? I mean, you look at uh, last year, if you look at his his breakdown, remember he started off on fire. I mean, mm-hmm. he was he was batting 360 mm-hmm. the first month of uh, of the season and things kind of kind of tailed off. I mean, he had a hit a good May also is 247, you know, so you put that together at that point, you're doing OK. But then it just gradually went down. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's another key player. I mean, I that that's a guy that needs to to have a bounce back year. Yeah, I, I it's I mean there are a lot. I'm interested in everybody, obviously, but my most curious, Kelnick, most excited, Julio, and when I was talking about, it, I'd like to see him out of that leadoff spot. Two hundred six says the only leadoff hit is the first one. Talking about leading off of the game, mm-hmm. I, I get what you're trying to say there, but the problem is, is he's always going to be as as the game goes, he's going to hopefully be coming up with runners on base, but those runners are going to be the guys that are hitting behind him. Right. Right. So, you know, or in front of him, I should say, technically, because he's leading off. So it's going to be the seven, eight, nine guys. Right. What, what are so, they doing? Yeah. And J.P. Crawford just talked about and yeah. how he, he struggled a little bit last year. A.J. Pollock at, at the eight slot. Now, this isn't this is just what they came up with. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, obviously Scott Service isn't going to just look at this and go there. But my it's, it's probably not that far off. You're going to have Maybe. your sure things, your producers up at the top of the lineup and the guys that are a little more questionable toward the bottom. Yeah. And if the, if so, seven, eight, and nine aren't getting on base and then the, the the lineup turns over and here comes Julio, who's your leadoff hitter. Yeah, yeah. I get what you're trying to say that he's only actually leading off that one time in the game. Technically, I get that, but yeah. it, it's about the guys right. that are at the bottom of the order that when it flips, are they on base? Are they, Is there going to be an opportunity? What kind of opportunities are there for yeah. him to drive in runs? Well, and you look at, to, to finish it finish it up, Crawford, who's coming off of, you know, kind of a, a dicey year, and then A.J. Pollock had the DH, has had his worst year, it looked like, or a bad year, and then Jared Kelnick. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. That's, that's not a good place to put Julio for now. So we'll, we'll see, though. He that's, did. that's actually one question I wish I would have asked, or one of us would have asked uh, Scott or Jerry. Like, What's hey, your lineup? Well, no, no. Just actually, would you, you know, ultimately in a perfect world, would you like to get a, a traditional or something closer to a traditional leadoff hitter and be able to move Julio down? And, and put him in the, in that three spot or four spot to really do some damage. Yeah. You know, we didn't talk. I mean, because he's, he's done a nice job as a leadoff hitter. I mean, but I, I would, you know, I, it's almost like if, the again, if the guys at the bottom of the order aren't getting on base, you're kind of wasting what it is he does well, which is hit the ball really hard. Mm-hmm. And often it leaves the yard, Dave. That's exciting. I like that. I like that. So yeah, it's a it's kind of a interesting uh, position for him. You certainly don't want to waste your best player. 
you know, as far as uh, the, the lineup part of it. But, yeah, very curious to see, you know, Evan White. I mean, the things that we heard from Jerry earlier, you know, maybe it's maybe it's him and Ty France becomes your DH. Um, you know, we were talking about Ty France and his numbers, but they have him at number two, by the way, um, in this in this lineup. But, yeah, Ty France played most of his games before he came here at, what, second and third, right? Or there, there was actually you're talking Ty France. Yeah. Well, oh no, it was it was he had played second more than third. Like third yeah. base was like the the one the one least. area that he played the least. Yeah. You know, and so he became just a really good first baseman. But if Evan White plays really well, um, you know, or gets his bat going, we all we already know he's a good first baseman. Then yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I, I'm curious about him too. He's he's one of those guys when you hear. The you know Jerry or Scott say of all the people you know this guy is the most exciting or he's in the best spot or whatever I mean that means something yeah yeah and and Evan White is just such a such a curiosity you know because he's he's loaded with potential and everybody talks about his athleticism and we we already saw his glove what he could do he, and he's he's one of those guys that much like Kelnick who they offered a deal to to sort of lock him up early they did that with Evan White and right, right now. Really feels like he made the right choice, does yeah, it not? Sure I mean, does. often these these guys get criticized, the, the guys taking the deal, because they're like, hey, you're not betting on yourself. They're, they, this team's getting you cheap, and you're going to be in a position to make, you know, five times that. Well, this is this is a case to be made for the other side of it where, you know, unfortunately it hasn't panned out for Evan White, and that looks like a very savvy deal on his part. Yeah, so it was, uh, was it 2017, 2017 when he – Signed the six-year, twenty-four million dollar deal. Uh, I don't, I don't have it in front of me. I think it yeah. sounds about right. Eighteen, maybe. Yeah, maybe two thousand eighteen. So, yeah, very, very interesting at the time. Thinking, okay, well, this guy's not really betting on himself, but he's going with, uh, you know, the safe bet here. Because Kelnick went the other way; he rejected it. Right. And right, right now, I'm wondering if. Yeah, yeah I, I still, you know what? I, th- I think he probably believes to his core that was the right deal because I'm going to come out here and I'm going to prove that I'm. I'm yeah. a very good, if not great, baseball player. I'm, but I'm going to bet on myself. Yeah, what you know with Evan White, I don't know. How do you feel when you sign him to a deal like that? It's like, okay, we got a good player locked up for, you know, if it pans out. But he's not really betting on himself. So is, you know, are you thinking maybe he's a little unmotivated or not not a competitor? How does the if you're Jerry and the yeah. Orange, yeah, I don't know. I don't. That's a good question. I don't. I don't know how they would. It's a great question. It's, no, it's not. It's good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I. I think it's. It's interesting. I wonder if they do look into the psychology of it. If there was something about you know Kelnick going, no, I'm. I'm not going to take that now I, because I know I'm going to be. I'm going to be this kind of player who warrants this kind of payday. And if that's true, you both kind of win because you're getting a superstar, right. and he's going to be paid as such. In Evan White's case. I don't know. Maybe they felt relief. Maybe they were looking at it going, okay, he's going to take it. That's great because yeah. we think he's going to be a stud, which is obviously why they were offering them that money. And they get him at their, in their minds, hey, this guy's going to be really good, and we are going to get him at a bargain. So, But it worked out for Evan White so far because he has not been available, has not been able to play, uh, but is being paid you know, really well. I mean, he shouldn't have to work again if he ha- manages his money correctly. So it's uh, it's going to be very interesting if he becomes healthy. And Jerry was asked about this. 
And it's just interesting to to think about a guy we just haven't spent much time talking about lately because he hasn't been there. He's been hurt. He's been down in the minors trying to rehab. And uh, he was asked about Evan White, and here's what he said. You know, right now, our medical people, our trainers and strength coaches couldn't be more excited about where he is physically. I think that's true of Evan himself. He's had a really long couple of years with very real injuries. and But this is an incredibly athletic player who – I think, and I've said this before, is as good as any defensive first baseman I've ever laid an eye on. He's just as smooth, silky. There is no such thing as a bad hop with, with Evan at first base. And, you know, to have him back in a good place, he can swing the bat, he hits the ball hard. You know, and before, you know, going back down with another setback in September, his final month last year in Tacoma was just, you know, eye-opening. Eye-opening. Mm-hmm. By the way, uh, do you think he puts mayonnaise in his coffee? I'm going to say no. Okay. Why? he went to the University of Kentucky. I'm going to say a big did. no on that. And yeah. we, <laughs> like our the play-by-play guy said, don't put that on us. Yeah, I like that, I like that response <laughs> Don't there. put that on us. But, I mean, to hear him talk about his defense, and we saw it. We all saw it. That's not, you know, trusting in the eyes of a scout and he's down in the minor leagues. We don't see it. No, we all saw it. He won a gold glove up here. Yeah. He is phenomenal defensively his problem was he looked overmatched at the plate he couldn't hit so and then the bigger story became well he can't even get healthy enough to get up there and work on hitting you know everything yeah. there was a hip injury and this injury and, and all that core yeah it, just, it was just kind of like a mitch hanniger thing where one seemed to lead to another and he, he just hasn't been able to show what he can do at the plate or if he's improved so jerry talking about the plan moving forward with him he'll come to spring training you know he needs he needs a beats he's missed a lot of plate appearances over the last two years and you know that what that looks like he'll compete for a spot on the roster the likelihood is we'll want him to, to gather up some at-bats in triple a and get back to some type of of routine but he's got the talent where you don't hold him back. There's, there's really it, it's, it's up to his health to determine the impact that he can have on our team, and we're still hopeful that that's a real thing. That's such a shame when you see somebody being held back by something that they, they really can't control. I mean, you know, if you look at somebody, some guys are just they have bad luck. Mm-hmm. I mean, could you, would you possibly ever think that Mitch Hanniger needs to work harder? I mean, that no. guy had worked so hard to get back and all the different things that he did, and he's just incredibly unlucky. And so I hope that's not the case with Evan Evan White because, yeah, I just, I'm very curious to see what – first of all, I'd love to have him, you know, back at, at first base. But, you know, if not, Ty France, really good, oh, really yeah. good first baseman. Yeah. But, is Evan White a better defensive first baseman? Yes. Yeah. But is Ty France a liability or anything? absolutely yeah. not? You don't. And if you look at the difference, I mean, yeah, yeah at the plate, it's, it's night not and day. close. Yeah, you're you. It's not even a decision. It's it's of the two, unless Evan White proves two things: a he can just be available, and b that he can hit at that level. It's not even a discussion. Yeah. It just isn't now. If he becomes that guy, all of a sudden, hey, man, he's just he's healthy and there's no setbacks, and hey, look at he's getting on base, he's making contact. Then you've got an interesting question. It's a I don't know if it's a dilemma so much as it is maybe you've got trade bait there. Maybe maybe Evan White becomes very very attractive to another team because in baseball dollars that's at a reasonable price for a guy who would probably, if he's staying healthy, would be considered if not the best one of the best defensive first baseman in all of baseball. Who's already got a Gold Glove under his belt, and all of a sudden he's figured out how to hit at that level and he's healthy. That becomes very attractive commodity, and and his salary then looks really reasonable yeah yeah exactly yeah it's just curious though i i think that 
you know, if you're if you're the Mariners, you're like, yeah, we got a good deal. We're we're fine with this. But you do kind of see that he's not he's not really betting on himself. But um, you know, the other thing we look at this list, I, I'm more and more curious with Colton Wong also because of the the type of year that he had last year, where he had not 14 Bob, but 17 That's errors. Right. That's I, right. I was trying to take a couple off for him, <laughs> trying to soften the blow yeah. for him. But and by the way, it was uh, you know Evan White in the 2020 season, fifty uh, some games. I mean, it basically projected to him for a full season that he had three errors as a first baseman. I mean, that's that's pretty pretty phenomenal. But um, but yeah, Wong seventeen uh, errors, but he's also not in the not too distant past. Had two Golden Gloves. And he was in, made the top ten list at MLB. dot com. I'm just I'm just very curious about this guy being in a good position. You know, it's a it's a, a clean slate. You know, it doesn't. I mean, your numbers do follow you around, but you know, he's got a chance to entirely break out of that. I think you know, the more I look at Colton Wong, and then we talk to him, he seems like a just an excellent guy. And uh, yeah, that's a, that's another one. I think that it's a it's a little on the curious side. Like hmm. Yeah, that, and then you know the things that he said about the shift and, and everything, and working with Perry Hill. Yeah, like, this could end up being one of those deals where, you know, because last year we thought we were pretty set with the the job they did in the off season. I'm sure you wanted them to spend more, Bob. But uh, Adam Frazier and what would make you think that <laughs> Adam Frazier and uh, Jesse Winker, and then you get you know Robbie Ray. It all looked good. Those guys were coming off of All Star seasons. Yeah. Yeah, one of them worked out. <laughs> so, yeah, there's no guarantee. Listen, you could assign Carlos Correa or Trey Turner. It doesn't mean it's there. Are, there are no guarantees. Yeah. Now, their resume tells you you are providing yourself a much better shot. Yes, but it doesn't mean somebody doesn't come here and fall on their face. It, we see it all the time. So, Paul Moyer will tell you this: that uh, when you're selling mutual funds, you always say past performance does not necessarily indicate future <laughs> results. That's right. That's right. So I'm 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 optimistic about Wong. Uh, you know, because of who he's been and who he's going to. More importantly, who he's going to be working with, because we've seen what Perry Hill's been able to do with yeah. Ty France and what he's been able to do with J.P. Crawford and what he's been able to do with Suarez. His his work is all over the place, and it's all good. So, it's 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 almost as much about my level of confidence in Perry Hill as it is in Colton Wong. The only thing about Wong that I found interesting in that comment, you know, that hey, I I just don't, you know, I'm getting some weird hops off the lip of the grass. That's not a natural spot for me. All that makes sense, except that it's not new. So why was this last year so problematic? The the shift didn't just come into existence last year. He's been doing that for a few years now, so I don't know. It was just, yeah, I thought the same thing. That's that's a good point. So, yeah, yeah, not that he's, you know, I'm sure it's all true about, hey, I don't pick the ball up as well. That, yeah. that totally makes sense, and maybe he just was luckily fielding it cleaner than he did last year, and maybe, maybe he got in his head sort of like guys that you see all of a sudden have a hard time throwing the ball. They're tight. They, they get tight yeah. throwing the ball to sec- from second to first. Maybe he had, a, you know, a version of the yips, but it wasn't the throwing. It was fielding it cleanly. Yep. So, well. We'll see. I've got I've got faith that turns around though this year certainly. All right, coming up, Seahawks need help on defense, and we've got some names of guys who could provide a bit of a fix for them. That is coming up next with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports Station on seven ten. Wyman and Bob, powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio on Seattle Sports Station.
We got mean text coming up in about 15 minutes, so you still have a little bit of time to get creative. 866-979-3776, powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. We'll do that coming up at 545, so hang on for that. Meanwhile, we were taking a look. We've talked a lot about the draft and, you know, what the Seahawks may do to help their roster in this draft. Certainly, defense is without question their biggest need. Um, And looking at uh, the defensive line specifically, the front seven, and we, we, you know, oddly enough, initially, I think we were feeling like linebacker, they're pretty good. And then toward the end of the season, after injuries, you go, well, Jordan Brooks got hurt. And boy, Cody was a little up and down to say the least. And, mm-hmm. you know, then we're looking at Tanner Muse. And, you know, with all due respect to those guys, you're going, yeah, it feels like it's probably a need linebacker. So we've we've kind of isolated some free agents. You can address it in the draft, but I always defer back to what you said. Like, if you get anything out of rookies, it's gravy. And I just, I think... Got lots of gravy last year. They got a ton of gravy, but I think they almost set themselves up for an unfair expectation. It was uh, Gravy was like a beverage it was, to it was, them. It was an IV. You could actually drink it. <laughs> it was just... But because just about everybody seemed to hit, every I mean, it didn't matter first to seventh. They, everybody played, everybody contributed for the most part. It was It was unlike most rookie classes. So I would think this year... You'd love to see it again. I'm not counting on that. I'm not, I don't expect it. So I think their their help but, has where you're going to count on it would be we're going to bring in some free agents. We're yeah. going to bring in some guys that have a bit of a resume at this level that can come in and help us. Yeah, and that's why. And look, I look even if you spent forty million on Gino, what which I really no. don't think that they're going to do that. No, you still have a good amount of uh, cap space, you know, and they were. I think they ranked eighth or ninth as far as cap space, but I think anyone who runs the cap, that like Matt Thomas or John Schneider, that's listening to this, go, oh yeah, easy for you to say, but yeah. there's all kinds of other things that factor in. You should it. let them know they can spend that much and still be okay. Yeah, <laughs> well, sometimes the, the owner doesn't want to spend. Yeah. You know, sometimes there it's 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 a cap, but it doesn't it doesn't mean you know you can't try to save money or do things differently. You know, and I'm sure that you get guidelines from your owner yeah like you know you know john stanton does that we're not going after these guys we're Mm -hmm. going after this kind of person and it looks like you know the the free agents are kind of hopefully a reclamation uh you know project talking mariners yeah 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 so you know and i i don't know if the seahawks you know what how what their appetite is but i feel like you know some of the guys on this list like you know, I don't know about Javon Hargrave, the D tackle. He's thirty. He's with the Eagles and had had a good productive year. Everybody on that defensive line had at least double digit sacks. But then, you know, you got Deron Payne with the Commanders. He's twenty six years old. He's a first rounder and he's a monster. Yeah, he had eleven and a half sacks last year from inside. That's hard to do. So, um, and then you know, Draymond Jones. Maybe that's somebody that they look at from from the Broncos. But I like Zach Allen. Zach Allen and Deron Payne are the two as who, far as defensive linemen. Who would you take between those two? I'd take Deron Payne. I'd take the War Daddy. But Zach Allen is one of those big, you know, underrated defensive ends that you know could hold that edge. He could be one of those guys that that plays out on the tackle. I would say this though, and and we've talked about this a lot. That I don't know that it's a, a good comparison with the Mariners and how they go after free agents versus we've seen the Seahawks take some big swings. Now they haven't always worked out, but they have not been afraid of, uh, you know, spending draft capital, financial capital. They've been, you know, you go back and look and again, this isn't, did it work? Did it not work? But in terms of commitment, in terms of, Hey, we're swinging big here. 
they've been more like the Yankees and Mets than they have been the Oakland A's and the Baltimore Orioles. They've gone after they went after Percy Harvin. That was a big thing. That was a big deal. They give up draft capital and sign him. They got Jamal Adams, big deal. Draft capital, a lot of money. Jadevian Clowney, they didn't have to pay much. That was a big acquisition, but they Houston luckily is so dopey that they paid the majority of that, but they wanted to bring Clowney back. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Graham, same thing. Uh, Never Dwayne, been a complaint. Dwayne Brown, yeah. same thing. So I, I don't, I don't think that's a good comparison. The two teams. I think the the Seahawks have been much more, if we're going to go in baseball terms, much more like the Yankees, the Dodgers, and the Mets, as compared to how the Mariners do their thing. Yeah. Well, and and then they've not they've passed on on spending money on on some people. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's. Uh, I think it's interesting that you got two owners that are pretty. You know, it's different, you know, and I think that's what they say. It's not like I'm cheap. I'm, it's just different, a different way of doing it. And oddly enough, the the one that really goes for it is the one that has a cap. We have to, yeah. we have constraints. We have set in stone constraints that keep that don't allow us to go crazy. The other doesn't yet. They're the more restraint, if you will, of, of the two. So it's just it's been an interesting, you know, and the even Cliff Averill and Michael Bennett, those weren't huge financial deals they ended up being massive additions yeah but those weren't huge deals financially speaking i remember even at the time thinking especially cliff averill because i just had heard about him saw him play in in detroit and just had a very you know high opinion of him at the time and it feeling like wow that he didn't really come for that big of a deal you know you thought he would have required more yeah you know you know what i remember so clearly about that that deal with cliff averill is that there was i think it was it might have been on your show i was driving in to do the afternoon show and i was you guys had a caller and i'm not sure if it was you bob but it was somebody uh here at the radio station and there was a caller saying that cliff averill yeah i mean good player but he's a malcontent yeah, it was a text. Somebody it's sent in a text. Called, yeah. Yeah, and I read it. I remember reading yeah. that. And I remember, uh, hmm, oh, wow. Uh, gee, I didn't know that about yeah. Cliff Averill. <laughs> yeah. A malcontent? you got to be kidding me. Couldn't have been further from the truth. Well, he wasn't happy in Detroit. <laughs> well, so uh, there's lots of players who weren't happy in Detroit. He was part time. of a winless season. Yeah. I hope exactly. he's not happy. <laughs> yeah, I hope he's not pleased. But hey. I mean, the kind of guy that Cliff turned out to be, and oh. I, like, people calling him a malcontent. I'm like, oh my god, could he have been more opposite than uh, that? Yeah, no. I mean, he was so good for this team. So, yeah, both. But and then him and Bennett. I remember them fighting early on, and yeah. then they kind of, you know, they were, they got along. I remember one time seeing Cliff on the sidelines, and he was angry, and uh, you could tell that he was angry at Michael Bennett. And then they showed Michael Bennett, and he was laughing. Yeah, <laughs> so I don't know if he was giving him crap or well, something. Then but, they end up becoming best friends, yeah, and it's best just. Buddies. I remember they were both a little unhappy with how they were being used when they first got here. They weren't playing as much as they thought they were going to, and then by the end of the season, they were like, "I've I'm as fresh as I've oh, ever good. been. And I yeah. feel great, and that worked out perfect." So yeah, it's just I, the Seahawks. I think you you got to give them credit, or at least acknowledge how aggressive they can be, and have have done more than a few times. It's not just well. Remember that one time they went after Percy. No, it's it's a pretty big list of big names they've gone after. Some work, some don't. I was really excited about Percy Harvin. So was that I. guy was dynamic. I mean, he was so explosive, and he had the one game 
where and I can't remember who they were playing. Might have been the Bears, but it was a home game, and you know he takes a kickoff and goes like sixty yards, and and just watch him. He's just electric. And then, you know, I think he made a couple of plays. I can't remember exactly. Maybe it was against Minnesota. But anyway, I was just like, wow, look at the, you know, we talked earlier about the flashes of brilliance that they're talking about with Will Levis. You know, that was that was Percy Harvin, man. That guy looked so good. But then, as as we always talk about, he was really good to the media. He mm-hmm. was really good to people in general, good to the coaches, good to the trainers, not so much with his teammates. Yeah, <laughs> teammates. Yeah. That was problematic, and that was yeah. That was yeah. that's pretty much everything. Yeah, it's um. And then that whole thing where he didn't go in the game when they told him to go in the game, that's bad. Just anybody, you future really football bad. players, coach tells you to go in the game, go in the game. Yeah, that's probably the <laughs> best bit of advice you could give them. Oh, but man. yeah, I just I I've got faith that the Seahawks have a conviction about a player. It doesn't matter. All right, he's he's a he's a top shelf name. He's a guy who's going to cost X amount of dollars. They're going to go get him because they've done it. And they've yeah. done it repeatedly with different, you know, again, varying success. But they, that has not scared them away from doing it. So uh, I, I, if they if they have a conviction about pain, Duran Payne, I could see him going out. That would that would not be surprising to me. Yeah, really well, and I think you'd give them the benefit of the doubt because they've, they've done a pretty good job. But look, sometimes things don't work out. I think I think the one that's the hardest to debate is Jimmy Graham. I mean, yeah. did did he? He was productive, man. He he was. He had double but digit touchdowns. He was. I think the expectations were that you know you're going to be able to, and I thought that they kind of failed on that point. That throw the ball up to him, man. I mean, you know, if yeah. it's a one on one, there was lots of times where he was in one on one coverage, and I'm like, that's a light should be going off in yeah. your on your in your brain. All right, coming up, last chance to get them in. Mean texts, 866-979-3776, powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. We unveil the mean things you say to us. Coming up next with Wyman and Bob, this is Seattle Sports Station on 710. Wyman and Bob. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports Station. All right, this is what we sad, look forward to. Sad music. What we do every Friday here when with Wyman hurtful. and Bob. We're hurtful to each other. You guys text in mean things to us. As long as they're creative, we try to get as many of them on the air as we can. Eh, I don't care so much about the creativity. Well, sometimes the brevity is good. Brevity is good. We won't Brian Kenny this segment and take way too <laughs> oh long and not have enough time to get to it. He'd be writing novels on here. Yeah. So what do you got there? What's grabbed you? Uh, a lot, man. A lot about me. You're right. It was uh, it was a lot. So, like four two five started out a couple days ago. Twenty twenty three. You're the thumb. Mm-hmm. Which mean good? I don't know. Um, then they all had fun with the flashlight thing. Six oh two. Accidentally pressing the flashlight button on your phone. Way to stay true to your nickname, thumb. Nice. Can I read this one really quick? It's pretty clever. Yeah. You asked for clever, Bob. Yes. I never miss your show. Sometimes I go for weeks at a time without listening, but I never miss your show. Ah. Huh? Eh? That's uh, good. That's good. Three, I like six, it. Oh. Okay. Yeah. That's the standard right there, ladies and gentlemen. And, uh, of course, our guy Adam Ray has, has checked in. Doesn't matter where he's at in the world. He can be in Australia filming or in uh, Memphis, Tennessee. It doesn't matter. He's mm-hmm. going to find a way. Um, let's, so this, I had to ask Dave about this. He said, Lefko has the face of a guy who gets donuts as a gift and says, donuts, huh? I'll share these with my Sims family. 
I didn't know what Sims was. Is that a video? <laughs> that's a video game. What is that? Yeah, it's some kind of video game. Oh, The Sims, like yeah. an old computer game. Yes, oh. it's like a family. Yeah. I don't know. What do you? There's some things where you like you can fix things or build things. He has funnier ones on here. Yeah, we can get to those. <laughs> All right. See. Uh, he said, Bob has the shoulders of a sensei, the legs of a quarterback, and the head of someone. You guess how much their head weighs at the carnival. <laughs> that was for you? Yeah. And this one is just, his random ones are the ones that crack me up because I don't even know what it means. But he says, Brock looks like he smells people's car keys. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, uh, do you guys remember really quick? There was that video of Jared Kelnick playing pool, and he all of a sudden puts his fingers up to his nose and, and smells them. <laughs> like what was that? I, I, you've made reference to that. I don't think yeah. I ever saw it. Yeah, it was, I don't think I ever it was saw really, it. But it's it sounds... really strange. Is he making? Is he trying to like pay homage to that Saturday Night Live skit? Molly Shannon. The oh, superstar where they do the? No, he wasn't joking around at the time. Yeah, didn't she was just being yeah. weird? She put her hands in her in yep. her armpits and then smell them. Yeah. Uh, Two oh six is I've learned so much about what it takes to be on the radio by listening to Bob and Dave, which is I haven't learned much. Ah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Three six zero. My son and I are looking up highlights of all these veteran player guests that you have on, and they're great. Still can't find any Wyman highlights though. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm actually jumping around and running uh, when Joe Nash yeah. blocked one of those kicks. You're running around and jumping? I wasn't doing anything. You were celebrating. Celebrating. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. Then I went over and picked Joe up off the ground. <laughs> uh, let's see. If uh, Wyman and Bob had bobbleheads, Bob would have a small head that barely bobbles. Dave would have limbs that fall off from injuries. And Lefkos would be just competent. <laughs> Just okay. Yeah. I laughed at that one over there. Uh, Matt Mercer Island says, Bob, apparently the theme for gifts on a second anniversary, so we're talking about my second anniversary, the theme is cotton. So maybe for Lefko, cotton candy would be appropriate. Hmm. Fair. Is that true? Cotton is the second year. Shouldn't you know this? You've been married. No, I shouldn't. No. You're the only married one you know, here, the three of you, us. You know what? Did I ever tell you this story that my wife forgot our anniversary one time? <laughs> She forgot the whole day, and I was like, "Let's see if it goes the whole day." And you knew, and you're just like, "I knew, there. I knew." And play it, it was, out. It was May 22nd, and and then finally we go to bed at night, and we're laying there, and all of a sudden, right before we go to sleep, I go, "Hey, by the way, happy anniversary." <laughs> She's like, "What?" And so I'm like, "I'm good for forever, right?" I mean, yeah. She, her, you can lower that over her. Yeah. I, <laughs> Had you gotten her a gift? Get like. I don't know. Why now? Why do you have to ask that well, question? Because that would have made it even more damning if you're like, yeah, and your presents down on the table, uh, no, flowers and candy or whatever. Yeah, that was that would have been too mean. <laughs> you should have really gone all out. Like yeah. she doesn't even know it's today. I'm going to this jewelry store right now. Yeah. Uh, let's see, two five three. My huh? This is good. I was about to read it before you got. To oh, my father's been in a coma for three weeks, but today he finally woke up, stood up. Walked over to the radio just to turn off your show. <laughs> yeah, that was it. I like it. That's oh, a good one. That's man. a good one. Let's see. Uh, Adam had another one here. Let's. Salk has the body of a guy who uses the bathroom on the plane right away and then walks out and says to the pilots, Mikey, make poopy. <laughs> 
I remember sitting. <laughs> this is one of the few times I sat in first class. I usually, you know, just go coach. My wife and I are up there, and the plane's sitting, and a guy goes into the bathroom, and he's in there for a long time, and then he comes out and goes, "Ay, ay, ay!" Oh, it's like. Thank wow. you so much for coming up to this bathroom. <sighs> Did he try to shake Bob's hand after? <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I wasn't there. That's one of the funnier stories I've heard in a long nope. time, Bob. <laughs> yeah, the guy tries to shake Bob's hand at the urinal. Unfortunately true. And then goes, oh, that's right. The whole germ thing. <laughs> yeah, that's what was stopping that's us. That's the reason why. <laughs> 360 says, Dave's love of violence in football tells me that he's the flag football coach whose team's getting smashed, then yells the D, sweep the leg, Johnny. (laughs) (laughs) You're not going to win, but you're going to cause some damage. There we go. Sweep the leg. Uh, The 253, is there a significant other that could ever equal Adam Ray in Bob's heart? (laughs) I don't know. They got a lot to live up to. Adam's one of my favorite people ever. So there you go. Uh, What else? What else you got there? I was trying to see if any of the other ones coming in were good. We'll save a couple of those. Um, two, five, three. Now we got to save that one. There was one three, that six, came seven. in earlier that I was I read to you when Dave was out of the room. I can't we, yeah, well, I was going to save that one. What are we saving it for? The very end. You need a good finisher. Oh, okay. You need a closer. Um, three, six, oh. That skip from the Cincy Mayor sounded like Lefko was left in a room alone with a video camera. Hmm. That sound like him? Yeah. All right. Sneak in uh, two more. 206, listening to Wyman and his old teammates is like a sports radio version of the Golden Girls. Nothing says Happy Friday, like talking about all the surgeries you've had. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's good. Good stuff. Uh, Okay, I think this is it, Bob. We want to end on this one. It's a 425. It says, in Dave's day, medicine consisted of the village healer coming in for a visit. Not long after, fire was discovered and people were able to invent soup. <laughs> that, that was the other what day. was the last part? People <laughs> were able to invent soup. Soup. <laughs> the village healer comes in. Fire was then invented and then they could invent soup. Invent soup. Yeah. Okay. That's it. No, there was one from today, though. That came in the other day. There was one I read to you earlier when Dave left the room and I can't remember. No, that was the other day. You didn't read one today. I did. No, not today. Wyman looks like a guy who sits in the with the career counselor and says, I'd like to have a career where I get paid for telling people how many sacks I got in high school. <laughs> he misspelled paid, by the way. Uh, yeah, that, that's pretty good. Well, I got it. It's I, They didn't count sacks back then. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Adam trying to just, get one more under the wire here. Adam said, I can't wait for spring training with Wyman and the Wyman and Bob crew. Because I love seeing Dave drunk asleep in the pool while Bob drinks a White Claw and asks Lefko to stop telling people he has a boat. <laughs> Back to the boat reference. Good one to end on. God, I wish we could have that on video. We just can't do the conversation Do you have a boat, Mike? <laughs> I don't have a boat. Never had a boat. Never had a boat. Why as would I have much, a boat? That was very much like how that conversation went. Why would I have a boat? I don't have one. You can rent them, but it's not mine. All right, coming up, we'll catch up with a former teammate of Dave Wyman, a guy who's had a had a tremendous Seahawks career, the legend that is Joe Nash will join us next year with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports Station on 710.